Hello and welcome to Phoenix Vision. I'm Jess Farmer and today is the launch of an extremely exciting podcast project for the next year. I am going to be going through with my wonderful guests an expose of every single zodiac sign, interviewing the guests who are going to be from each zodiac sign while in their sign about their sign. So <laughs> I'm really excited about this. I've got a lot of extremely and very, very knowledgeable, astrologically versed people lined up to interview over the next year. And starting with a fantastic person, I couldn't think of a better person to kick this off with than Matthias Basgier, who is a professional astrologer and an Aquarius. So we're starting with Aquarius. And this is quite poignant because we've actually entered the, the age of Aquarius um, recently, very recently. Well, in, over the last 70 years or so, which in the grand scale, uh, the grand cosmic scale is uh, just a little snippet of time. So, yeah, Matthias is a professional astrologer and I've had the be great benefit of having two readings with him, which were both absolutely incredible, very insightful and enabled me to make a lot of really meaningful changes in my life. So we got down to some amazing depth all about the Aquarius archetype. We spoke about the light and shadow manifestations of the archetype, uh, gave a, a, a big overview of a lot of the different facets of the archetype, like the connection with community and also the connection with technology. And then Matthias gave some predictions of what we're going to be looking at within the future of the next 20 years, because I asked a question about the link between Scorpio archetype and Aquarius archetype, as this is like, I've got quite a few aspects of this coming up uh, quite soon. So Matthias gave some predictions of what may be happening with us to us as a global society over the next 20 years. Uh, there was tons of other like amazing information within this podcast, so I really hope you enjoy this podcast. May the Aquarius age reign. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Vision. I am here with Matthias Basgier, who is a professional astrologer working with many people, helping them to heal and move through their life processes through the powerful medium of astrology. We met. Hey, hello everybody. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Thank you for coming on, brother. I really, really appreciate it. And on a Saturday as well. I really appreciate it. Um, so we, we met through a community that we share, and I had the joy of having two astrology readings with him, both of which were deeply insightful and very useful. This is the first episode of an exciting new project that um, I'm embarking on, or we're embarking on over the next year whereby I'm going to be interviewing a knowledgeable person in astrology from each sign while in the energy of that sign to really, really give like a really great expose of, of the entire Zodiac wheel. So I couldn't think of a, a better person to kick off with. So yeah, thanks for coming on, brother. Thank you so much. Cool, cool, cool. So yeah, Matthias, I'd, I'd love to just open up by just asking you a little bit about your journey, what what um, what led you into astrology or, or, or anything that you'd like to share about your, your, your journey so far in this lifetime. Yeah, um, thanks very much. Uh, sure. I mean, I was, I was lucky to be born in a family of astrologers. So uh, both my parents were full-time astrologers, basically. So, uh, you know, at my, 
as a child, I remember from my home, uh, there were actually no conversation about the politics by the table. It was it was mostly you know planetary transits, and um, so I, I think I was um, soaking up with with the atmosphere and the conversation and uh, vocabulary you know around the astrology. And, but I, I, I wasn't interested in astrology myself in particular until like I was, I don't know, 15 or 17. Uh, and then, then I started to ask some questions to my father, my mother about the astrology and just the whole thing, like learning the basic stuff of the astrology was pretty intuitive and easy for me. And, uh, uh yeah and just at some point i just i just uh embarked uh yeah you know on my own journey with the astrology i left poland the country of my origin uh to study and to live close to my spiritual teacher in the community here in new york u.s and here i have been i've been exposed to a lot of different uh teachers from a different traditions, uh, but also an astrologers. Um, uh, so I've been studying with a lot of different people, different approaches. And uh, yeah, at some point I just feel it's the right, right time for me to start my own practice. And since then I started to, uh, to see clients and I created my own um, astrology, uh, I don't know, uh, services with it's called the cosmos within us and uh, we have facebook group and so i'm leading courses i'm teaching in person here in brooklyn and have also like online courses and see clients since then and uh i use astrology um in my i mean yes so for me it's astrology has been just amazing tool um, uh, to help people to grow and just to navigate through a time of changes because it provides very valuable perspective on the moment in the life cycle that we're in, especially like the approach to astrology that you already mentioned, like the archetypal approach to astrology. Um, is it's it it can be just just very useful, and I have tested it and seen so many times during my sessions and uh, from working with clients that it's uh, the insight that astrology is, is providing can be just very helpful uh, especially in the moment of changes but also the astrology is like a daily tool of use for our own personal growth and insights into uh, into our own life and the structure of the personality our own personal uh, dynamics it's somehow all there in our birth charts, um, you know. So, so um, it's just been fascinating, you know. Uh, so, so yeah, that's that's my uh, journey in a nutshell. I would say. Mm. Wow! Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I mean, um, experience of astrology is that it's it's so rich, like so. <laughs> Like, you know, the, 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 the thought that, you know, all the, the, the totality of the life that we are living here and that we see can can be encapsulated within those 12 signs. Like everything that we know can be put through those lenses or or, or more so 
are, are seen through those lenses and are expressed through those lenses. Yes, yes, but as my teacher says, and I think it's it's a very valuable principle, he says that everything that happens to you is in your chart, but not everything that is in your chart will happen. Mm. And um, so also, like, I think as astrology is becoming more popular, we are also in the process of um, maybe not disenchantment, but like uh, really um, getting the astrology on the right track because astrology has basically gained pretty bad reputation over the years. Uh, mostly through, you know, um, solar horoscopes in the newspapers, and it just became some um, and something from from I don't know the borders of entertainment, and basically, you know, something woo woo. Uh, when in reality, it's, it's basically an ancient knowledge, uh, and it's basically a it's a knowledge built up by people over thousands, thousands of years of observations uh, among the epochs, the ages, the cultures. People were basically observing that, like, oh, wherever, whenever this star is here, the king is born. And whenever this star is here, we always go to war and so on and so on. Um, and, uh, so there is definitely, um, uh, we are in a time, um, of the change, uh, when people are, I mean, the perspective on the astrology is, is, is changing. And, uh, I'm myself, I'm a huge, like advocate, I mean, I'm advocating, uh, strongly for, for, um astrology to find its right place you know in the world um when it's not only perceived as something entertaining something fake and like a you know predicting a future or uh you know something from from the um the area of fairy tales and stuff like that Yeah, I, I I kind of think of it as um, like, like spiritual engineering in a way because it's it's very you know Angler and you know it's it's when you get into the aspects and it, it's just very really fascinating from from like this level where you can see all of the different aspects and how they're manifesting within someone's life. I'm I'm always blown away when um, <laughs> when it just pretty much checks out every single time, um, and. Yeah, I, I understand that, you know, astrology can be said to be a, a, a map of the human psyche, the human psychology. I know we spoke on a previous call about the, um, and may, maybe this is one for like a, we maybe talked about another in, in potential interview, but like talking about how um, actually bringing astrology into psychotherapy can be such an extremely powerful way of working. I, I Carl, Carl Jung said something, like I, I saw a quote that's saying uh, – um, unless psych, um, psychotherapy is bringing astrology into it, it's going to be kind of like left behind, or it's going to be, yeah, not as effect nearly as effective as it could be. Could could would you be able to quickly share anything about you know the the link between astrology and our our psychology, and then we can dive into the Aquarius archetype after that. Sure, sure. So yes, you have mentioned Carl Gustav Jung, and you know. 
he kept astrology in very high regards and he knew astrology very well. The thing is that when in the time Jung and Freud were living, they were kind of trying to, you know, establish the place of psychology in the world because the psychology itself was already mm, very new and very weird. They were calling it a talking medicine. And especially Freud was like, uh, uh, was very much focused on establishing psychology and psychotherapy as a valid, respected, uh, you know, area or, uh, or of therapy. So whenever Jung wanted to bring something like astrology into a psychology, uh, Freud was very against it, and he was he he said it, it's too much like woo, and it's going to scare people off. And he was probably right. Like it was definitely too much for um, for the time they were living in. Um, but Jung uh, himself, he uh, yes, he was using astrology a lot uh, in his work with his clients. Um, and so he knew their chart. He was checking their chart, and and yes, uh, uh, he was he was a huge advocate of including astrology in um, in a therapeutic process. And I I also think uh, that therapy and like coaching and all kinds of modalities could benefit so much you know by including astrology because it is it is a great source of uh information and insights and there is a whole world out there of uh psychotherapists and astrologers especially the psychotherapists connected with the jungian uh, um area or like uh, a Jungian approach to psychology and psychotherapy um, like uh, process oriented psychologies and uh, all these post Jungian uh, you know the branches of psychology uh, um, so so there there are a lot of people out there who are basically doing this who are connecting psychology and astrology um, and this archetypal approach uh, is, is, I think, it's the great, great source of, of an insight. And uh, yes, other, um, other great astrology guru, uh, a teacher of Yogananda, he was called Swami Yukteswar, he said that the person is being born when um, personal karma and planetary positions are in perfect alignment. So the birth chart is a description um, of personal karma in a way too, of certain tendencies. And I don't think, I'm not so much into like predictive astrology so much. Uh, I personally don't really believe future can be predicted because I don't really think it's written down in a way. But um, I think astrology is predicted on the archetypal level. So I can't see what exactly will happen. But 
from seeing a person's chart, we can see that at certain moment, person will do some kind of a dance with certain archetype. So um, and that can be really helpful uh, in general. Um, also, there are levels of astrology and there are levels how you can interpret and approach person's birth chart. There is a psychological astrology, there is esoteric astrology, there is astrology specially designed to, you know, reveal personal karma, there is astrology specially designed to um, receive some insights about the psychological dynamics or insights into a personality dynamics of a person. Um, so you can approach it from many different angles. And um, it's, I mean, and I think a psychological approach to astrology, this is especially that area that I'm interested in and I'm exploring, um, is just working great in a therapeutic context. Uh, because all the 12 zodiac signs and all the planets are connected with certain archetypes. These are archetypal figures and archetypal stories. So when you see a person's chart and you basically see which archetypes are at play in a certain moment of a person's life, and when you start using these archetypal stories, uh, I observe that it has a tremendous and very good impact of a per on a person. Sometimes even just telling a person a story connected with that archetype can bring a lot of relief and a lot of understanding. And especially in all those moments in our life when people just think that they are getting crazy or there's something wrong with them, something is changing uh, in their life, in their approach, in their perspective and they are feeling that they are losing a um somebody like like somebody would pull out the carpet from underneath their feet and then astrology is, is becoming especially useful because it just provides this kind of a perspective like this archetypal inquiry this archetypal insight that actually there is a story there's a bigger story, like what, like your process, what is happening with you, with your life now, is connected to this story, this archetype. So listen, this is a story of a transformation. And it goes like this. And it very often have this effect of, ah, you know, so that is what's happening. Um, so I think, yes, that, that, um, that is uh, when there is definitely a place for, uh, astrology in a therapeutic uh, context, not not to predict the future and say like, hey, you will meet the partner of your life, 18th of February, you know, that's the day. Uh, but more like generally, like you will, you are having some kind of relationship or doing some kind of a dance with this archetype. And that is, for example, an archetype um, that is like a archetypal story of you know, letting go, surrender, or the transformation through death and a rebirth and so on. There are so many, you know, stories. Like mm. this. And the myths, the mythological figures, you know, there is all connected with our life. Oh, incredible. Thank you. That was great sharing. I'm, what, what, what rises up for me is um, I'm, I'm thinking about how much, uh, for, for, so my 
part of my experience is is that um, how much context it's brought to certain aspects of my life, and it, and it, and it's given an explanation for the certain areas of my nature in the positive and the negative. So it's it's great because uh, it's given me the context and the ability to um, see all of these different aspects. So with the positive nature, I can then step more into those, um, more into those aspects. With the negative natures, um, it can give me context and a reason behind why I am in a certain way. So within that, that then I like can, can open up the compassion for self and then the 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 and it opens up the channels for navigation so it, it, it's kind of like from for me i find it it's like putting a light on it in the dark and you know when, when you get something out on the table and you can see it it's a lot easier to do something with it and that's for, for like very much for me what um what astrology is is bringing me at the moment so yeah it's just like wonderful wonderful science yeah i, I see it as a so well i i don't know whether you'd um uh, whether you'd call it a science or not well where, where would you be on 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 that because i mean science will definitely would not like you know uh us to like the science that we have right now definitely you know wouldn't include the astrology uh, but there was a time that, yes, it definitely was a part of science. And there are a lot of astrological researchers that has like a scientific approach to it. And there's a tons of data and chart analysis, the analysis of people's life and um, just pure numbers and statistics connecting a biography of a person with a person's chart. So it's all there uh but but yes definitely i mean for me it is it is more like a sacred science um the science that uh we have right now definitely wouldn't call astrology science there was uh, one astrologer uh very famous from um trying to include astrology in the science and uh he was called michel goclan and he had like this very statistical approach. He just he wanted just to prove in scientific mathematical way that there is a connection between chart with the person's chart and the qualities of a person's character and and the personality. And he devoted his whole life basically, you know, having a battle, trying to bring the astrology, trying to make astrology acknowledged by the scientific world. Of course, in the end, he finds himself being rejected by science, trying to bring such a thing as astrology in. At the same time, being rejected by astrology, um, uh, by the environment, uh, you know, the astrology, like they were thinking that he's trying to reduce their astrology into like a scientific methods and numbers. So in the end, he ended up being rejected by by basically both science and the astrology. But I guess that's that's what happens, like when you're trying to really, you know, do something new. And um, but but he uh, Michel Goclin has has just did a tremendous amount of work um, analyzing data and stuff like that. So so yes, uh, there are 
there are people out there who has pretty scientific approach to astrology, you know? Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, um, I'd like, I'd like to switch gears a little bit and, um, and start by moving towards the Aquarius archetype in of itself. So I would love to ask you what, what does the energy of the sign of, a, of, of Aquarius signify to you, obviously being in a, an Aquarius and how can how can we harness that archetype to affect positive change within our lives? Uh, yeah, great question. You know, so I think you can look at the zodiac chart from many different angles, and I guess like one one of the way you can look at it is to look at it as a developmental model or like the the path the life path of a person from the moment of birth to the moment of death so when you look at as the the zodiac like that then it's a journey with 12 stages and each of these stages is a zodiac sign from its the first moment of birth is a sign of aries that's a spring equinox, March 21st. This is where everything happens. And it also corresponds with the cycle of nature, right? This is a spring. This is when, uh, this is when everything comes to, you know, life and all the nature wakes up after the winter hibernation into a life. So that's an Aries. Uh, it begins the whole zodiac journey. And it also corresponds with the birth of a person. Uh, so there's a 12 zodiac signs and Aquarius is 11th in the whole uh, in the whole system. So it's pretty much towards the end. It's one of the last stages of of um, zodiac uh, will of the zodiac system. And it's a sign that is uh, Aquarius is situated between Capricorn and Pisces. So it's also good to locate it in a wider context. So the Capricorn is, is so much about establishing yourself in the world, building a structure. And the Capricorn is so much about hierarchy, laws, politics, um, organization. It's also connected with the social life. So um, it's so much about fitting in, uh, you finding, like everybody finding our, our place uh, in a social context. And it's also connected with hard work, with a career, with discipline, with finding some tangible form of bringing out whatever you carry there whether through your career or um you know um so 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 that's a capricorn is is a focus on bringing a structure and to bringing a form and to climbing to the mountain top of your ambitions that's like a that's why the symbol of a of a goat of a mountain goat that is basically climbing a top so that's a capricorn the next step is Aquarius, which is a breaking free from the Capricornian form. 
and really opening it up, you know? Um, so uh, Aquarius is uh, also a sign that is uh, oriented towards social life, big groups of people. But where Capricorn is more into organizing social life, into some kind of structure like a politics, laws and regulations, governments or, or this kind of things, Aquarius breaks from this form and it's more into a community. The community is one of the main Aquarian um, keywords. And uh, Aquarius is a sign that, that rules large groups of people in the communities. And Aquarius is this very um, weird sign. I always say that uh, Aquarius is a sign of the geniuses and the weirdos. Because uh, this is a sign that uh, contains a lot of paradoxes. The things that they really don't make sense. At the, like when you first hear about them. But that's, that's also, you know, a great thing about the Aquarius is that it explains, it finds a way for kind of opposite things to, um, to exist together. Um, and uh, so, in a nutshell, I would say, Aquarian vision of the world is a vision of a community of individuals. Because Aquarius is a type that really is focused on individuality and the uniqueness of every single person. And Aquarius's mind is focused on what is different about, you know, people and what is different non-standard about everything they see. Every zodiac sign, people that has like a, for example, Virgo dominant, they will look at the world and then they will see everything uh, that is out of order and it needs to be fixed and it needs to be brought to its own place, right? Aquarius will notice everything that is different and that interests Aquarius um, a lot. So everything that is unique, that is different. Aquariuses are famous from non-standard approach, from unorthodox approach, out-of-the-box thinking, uh, and finding your own unique individual way of expression. <clears throat> so this is also like a vision of the world when everybody uh, can have a freedom, another Aquarian keyword, freedom of uh, be who they really are without the limitation and the constraints of culture. Um, <clears throat> so uh, on the one hand, we have this orientation towards the groups of people and the communities. On the other hand, we have the orientation on the individual and like cherishing, praising the uniqueness and the individuality of everybody. So for the Aquarians, Everybody's are different. Look like I look at yourself and then myself. Like everything is different about us. We look differently. We have a different age, different background, different experiences. And um, but at the same time, 
there is something that connects us all. And this is like the idea of all the people as a member of one human global community or family. So this is one of the Aquarian paradox that we are all different and the unique on one level. And this has to be respected and acknowledged. And we have to create a world in which everybody feel free to be who they really are and feel free to express themselves. But at the same time, on the deeper level, we are all, we are all connected. We are all brothers and sisters. We are all humans, human beings having human experience. So there is these two levels, the uniqueness and the connections between, you know, people. And I think that's that's like kind of a vision that is deep down there in the heart of everybody with a strong Aquarian signature in their chart. The vision of the world that is... Um, one global uh, a community of individuals or um, the community where we are all together but we have a freedom to be really who we are because when we think about belonging to a group belonging to some kind of a big social group uh, we a lot of us still think that in order to fit into a group you have to resign from your individuality you have to somehow fit in uh you have to wear a uniform and everybody's are wearing the same a uniform you have to somehow step down and give up some part of your individuality in order to fit in in order to be a part of the bigger whole and your aquarius is is this arc is is i mean our aquarian mind organizes it in a different way it says like no there is a place for both and the both things should be there like you we should be able to you know expose express our individuality and a uniqueness and actually do not compromise that but at the same time we should be able to feel part of the global family we should feel the part of a community we should feel connected yeah no um, so that's like a, um, that's like a, uh, I think part of the Aquarian vision of the world. And that's, and that's also a part of, you know, age of Aquarius. There's a lot of, um, there's been a lot of talking about age of Aquarius and that's, and that's like, uh, I think the part of it, I, I, you know, like a new paradigm, new vision of the world. <clears throat> which 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 is coming and we're i think right now the time we're living in we are having like a front row seat you know in this in this uh in this show or like we are uh also an actors in this show we have like a, a privilege to, to witness this this huge change this shift of a paradigm uh so yeah i think that's 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 a aquarian Aquarian vision, that's a part of the Aquarian archetype. Richard Tarnas, uh, an amazing philosopher and thinker, and also like an astrologer, has uh, proposed actually uh, that um, Prometheus is a archetypal figure. It's a better new archetypal figure associated with the sign of Aquarius. 
um, because in astrology, sign of Aquarius is ruled by the planet Uranus. And the myth of the Uranus is very different than the myth of uh, Prometheus. The Prometheus um, was basically, I don't know if you remember about the myth, the myth of uh, Prometheus. Yeah, so did, didn't Prometheus um, go into Mount Olympus under the cover of dark and basically stole stole the fire from the gods to bring it to humanity? Which you know that that puts me in mind of the the water bearer nature of Aquarius because you know the the the, the cup bearer that water is is very similar to bringing that fire. Like uh, I suppose both represent consciousness. So. Uh, Prometheus stealing the fire from the gods to bring it to humanity and raise the consciousness by giving them fire and Aquarius being the water bearer bearing that consciousness um, to humanity as well so yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so a Prometheus basically b broke all the rules that were there he went somewhere where he shouldn't go and he took something he shouldn't have taken and he brought it down to people. I mean, he basically broke all the rules. Exactly as you said, he stole the fire from God and he brought them down to people. And he paid a price for this, right? Um, but in the end, he was the light bringer, right? He was the one that, that, that like, if you, if you even think about evolution of the humanity the the moment when the people included the fire and, and and learned to control this element there was like a huge shift in the evolution there was like a game changer when when they were able to to control the fire like to to bring fire to their homes and to be able to get light after dark and warm and cold and stuff like that so yes um but there is uh, the story of prometheus is a story of a rebel isn't it mm -hmm. you know and the rebelness is a big part of of aquarian archetype too and um this is a aquarius is so much about the change and actually is about the part of it is a rebellion against old order against the status quo which is represented by capricorn so much the previous sign it's about establishment right the aquarius is so much about the breaking free from the establishment it's a breaking free from the form and orientation towards the future right the aquarius is like the people especially the, the planet uranus the co-ruler of the aquarius because aquarius is ruled by two two planets one is uranus one is saturn and <clears throat> that is another paradox uh in the aquarius because these planets are they represent very opposite qualities traditionally aquarius was ruled by saturn but then in 19th century well herschel discovered his uh telescope then actually people uh, discovered another planet that is there in our solar system which is uranus and over the years of the observation they started to associate the planet uranus with a constellation of aquarius and that's how the uranus will become a modern aquarius ruler so saturn is a traditional aquarius ruler and uranus is a modern aquarius ruler
and uh, that's why the Uranus is very much the planet. That's that's this factor of a rebel, of a mutiny and the rebelness against old order. It's a planet connected with changes, with sudden unexpected changes, with um, also with uh, flashes of illumination. For example, people with strong Uranus in their chart, they um, very often have some kind of like a flashes of the illumination. They understand or they learn in a a little bit different way. Uranus gives this quality to people that sometimes you don't understand things, you don't understand, you don't understand, and suddenly you understand everything. Uranus gives the quality of bypassing a logical mind, bypassing step-by-step deduction process, and kind of downloading everything at the same time. Um, but also Uranus is, is definitely, you know, a transit of Uranus in a person's life, in a person's chart, always brings the questions about freedom. Well, what about my personal freedom? Transit of Uranus puts us in touch with our own uniqueness. It's asking about our own freedom and the uniqueness. It's kind of calling us to discover or, or, or to get in touch with a very unique part of ourselves, just this, this part that only you have. Nobody else has it, only you have. And that's a very Aquarian thing to like, uh, you know, uh, discover and bring out this very unique part of yourself that only you have. <clears throat> so um, that's, 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 uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a connection between like, uh, you know, kind of breaking the rules, breaking the establishment, uh, which was in the mythology that gods are there on the mountain of Olympus and uh, people are below. Um, so the Prometheus was a bridger. He went up and he brought a fire down. And the people with strong Uranus in their chart are very often a bridgers too in, in their life. For example, they are uh, they are uh, connecting areas of life that are usually not uh, connected, especially people that have uh, like a strong Saturn and a Uranus. It is like having a corporate lawyer and a punk rock drummer working uh, together and creating something together. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, there is this... Um, Uranus is also a prominent planet in a chart of many inventors, the people who are thinking outside of the box who are able to look into the future and, uh, and to really, you know, see what's coming and to kind of like bring that fire in. And uh, also people are very often ahead of their times. You know? So that is all part of Aquarius and the Uranus um, stories. Mm, wow so so much knowledge in what, what you just shared thank thank you for that brother i i really love um uh you you addressed one of my questions i was going to ask anyway in terms of this paradox between um the individual individualistic nature and the community because that that for me has always been um something that ah oh, that kind of feels like an opposition but actually the way you've you've um described it is actually so much more of a full lovely vision of community you know 
a community where everyone is able to express them without uh, bounds and being in their authentic selves. And that 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 is where Aquarius is 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 happiest. Where when there's the community of people who are able to be them and in in all their all their beauty, all their all their laughter, all their joy, all their sorrow, all their pain, all of them, and in whatever expression that takes, without you know self minimizing. So that's really like that's really like put a lot of like clarity for me. And um, I'd, I'd I'd love to ask about um, uh, some some of the um, qualities in terms of okay. So every archetype um, can be said to have two sides. Let's say like the oh well. <laughs> Really, they're multifaceted diamonds with multitudes of sides. But I understand that there are certain uh, what what could be considered as light um, qualities and shadow qualities to to each archetype. Not not just the um, uh, zodiac archetypes, but every archetype in life. You know, there's the light expression and the shadow expression. And part of our journey is to um, become more aware of our shadow qualities so that we can bring them into the light of awareness. And then move through them so that we can move to a board to a place of greater love, connection, and wholeness. So I'd I'd love to um yeah, we, I I feel like we've kind of gone through quite a lot of the really like love the 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 like light qualities of Aquarius. So like w- w- would you care to um share some of the shadow qualities? Um yeah. Please. <laughs> sure. Yes, I mean that's Thank you for the question. It's I think it's it's kind of crucial, uh, you know. And everything you shared is 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 definitely very very important. So yes, there are there are good qualities and or like positive expressions of a zodiac sign in a planet in astrology, <clears throat> and the negative expressions. And it is exactly like you said, it's up to us, like which, which basically, you know, which, which one we choose. <clears throat> the way I explain astrology to people when I teach, I think the great way to really under, and it helps to understand it so much, is to explain zodiac signs through their oppositions, through pairs. Because we have 12 zodiac signs. <clears throat> but also you can say we have six pairs of zodiac signs <clears throat> and the opposite sign so the sign that lies exactly across the wheel from the sign it's actually telling you a lot about what the other sign is not so it's like a negative of the picture it's also it's 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 a very important part the opposite sign is a very important part of a sign as well so the opposite sign to aquarius is leo <laughs> so we are talking about leo <clears throat> leo aquarius axis and so right now we are not only looking at aquarius we are looking at the duality right <clears throat> and um Leo tells us a lot about Aquarius because it's a Aquarius opposition. Aquarius, like, I don't know, alter ego sometimes, you know. Um, so Aquarius is a air element sign. An air element in astrology is associated with intellect, thinking, and the communication. 
And Aquarius is is a ideal Aquarian type is a intellectual type is a pretty mind oriented person. <clears throat> you know, and especially that uh, it's also ruled by Saturn, which is so much about structure. And you know, one of the qualities of Aquarius is creating a mental structure. Aquarius are also famous from a abstract thinking or like being able to create some kind of a intellectual form or give some intellectual form to something very abstract. Um, but the opposite sign of the Aquarius is Leo, which is a fire sign. And Leo, rule, Leo rules heart. So Aquarius-Leo axis is a kind of heart and mind axis. Or intellect and feeling axis, you know. <clears throat> so the flip side of the Aquariuses, the flip side of Aquarius is definitely being heartless. The flip side of Aquarius is a brain in a bathtub. Is sorry? It's a brain in a bathtub. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's basically thinking without feeling. And Aquarius is famous from emotional detachment, which can be very useful qualities, but like when you also like you know when it can be I mean if you go too deep into emotional a detachment, then you are emotionally detached. You aren't emotionally really connected to what is happening. <clears throat> so Aquariuses can, in extreme form, can be like just pure calculations and thinking without taking into account feelings and emotions of other people. <clears throat> you could basically say that some extreme form of Aquarius is basically a general that calculates that he needs to send 2,000 men to die in order to win that battle and is doing that. That's what it takes, 2,000 lives. Okay, let's do it. That, that, that can be like an extreme Aquarian example. <clears throat> of course, as I said, it's extreme, but like Aquarians can have this this quality of overthinking, uh, intellectualizing emotions, uh, being very mind-oriented, not really including hearts and feelings, especially when it comes to, you know, other people's uh, situation and uh, being judgmental in this way. And also... You know, if you are a thinker and if you spend your life being a mind-oriented person and you've learned a lot and you've understood a lot, you didn't do this whole thing in order to give it up and very easily say, yes, I was wrong. So that's another Aquarian shadow. Like Aquarius really wants to be right. And sometimes might have a problem with with admitting its own, you know, uh, just being wrong and not being right. And 
Yes. I just jump quickly in that that is also um, okay. I know we're talking about oppositions, but that that could also be seen as a, a shadow Leo, right? Because even even though the signs are in opposition, often there's like a lot of similarities between the two. So exactly consider that like a Leo shadow aspect as well. So Leo, yes, um, Aquarius Leo axis can also be called a ego axis. Because both these signs, Aquarius and Leo, they think they are very special. Mm. And they are, but maybe sometimes not as special as they think they are. Mm. And so, but there is this kind of a, um, Leo is a sun rule sign. And Leo behaves a little bit like a sun. So Leo puts themselves in the center and it's building some kind of a system around them. Whether it's a group of people, it's a group of friends, or... It's in a business like Leo definitely are natural leaders. They like to put themselves in the center, focus on them, and to create some kind of a orbit, like a system of orbiting people or some kind of some form of, of a solar system. Um, Aquarius is is very it's but like the thing is uh, the thing about Leo is that Leo is, um, is paying a lot of attention to on their social position, how they are perceived, because this is something that constitutes their place. Aquarius doesn't really care what other people think about them. They are more into like doing their own stuff. But um, Leo, is a, a Leo rules heart and it's a fire element sign and Leo is so much about spontaneous expression of who they are and like bringing this creative fire from within out in a creative way and that's a kind of opposite of the Aquarius because Aquarius is a thinker when somebody uh, has Leo Aquarius issue in their life, in their chart. I always, uh, what is helpful in explaining this is a metaphor of a theater. So the theater, you can look at your life as a theater and a theater has a two parts, the stage and audience. And when you're on stage, that's a Leo part. You are acting out yourself you are completely merged with the role that you are playing and you are feeling all the feelings and the emotions of the character that you are acting on so so for example you are uh, with your life you are acting out yourself jazz life with all ups and downs and all the feelings and emotions and dramas and happiness of your life you are on the stage you are an actor of your own life that's a leo part and you are involved, you put your heart in everything that you're doing, you feel everything. Aquarius part is a spectator. Aquarius sits on the audience and observes things from a distance, you know? And Aquarius understands that like, oh, okay, so that's a story that is happening, that's a plot. And But also Aquarius can be judgmental. But definitely the difference is that Leo is really 
emotionally involved and Aquarius is, isn't. It's a more of a type of a observer and spectator, you know? Um, so that's, 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 uh, so the theater is a connection when the Aquarius is a spectator and the Leo is a actor. Mm. Uh, you could just uh, put it into this kind of a metaphor. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. What, 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 what could you comment on um, in terms of the, the journey of the nodal axes from Leo South Node to Aquarius North Node? So j j just for um, so my, my interpretation of the nodes for anyone who is um, listening and might not be familiar with that is that the, the nodes signify our karmic journey through this lifetime. Exactly. And, and if, if we so the south node is where we're very comfortable and, um, and whatever sign that's in, we've, we've done that for many lifetimes and it's, it's our comfort zone, but that's not necessarily where the growth edge is. Whereas the north node being in the exact opp opposition is, is where we're not familiar. So um stepping out of the familiarity and doing what's not natural to us that that's 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 the growth edge so i was wondering um uh yeah what, what what's your thoughts on leo south node to aquarius north node because uh that's uh, that's my placement and and anyone around 1989 uh around eight, 18 months or so that will also be your placement too so i think yeah 88 89 maybe 1990 or it might yeah Ninety. So, anyone who's born in those years, this is also going to be your nodal placement. So. Yes, yes, uh, exactly. I mean, so you we can also use again or look at this nodal axis from the perspective of the metaphor of a theater. So, when your south node is Leo and north node is Aquarius, so Leo is where you come from. And Aquarius is where you're going. So Aquarius symbolizes the qualities that you need to obtain within this lifetime or something you need to learn. Uh, it's like, it's basically, so what is very natural for you is a Leo part. So being an actor, what you need to learn within this lifetime, according to this nodal axis, is you need to learn to get off stage to learn to be more distanced from whatever is happening, sit on the audience and really observe what is happening without being so much involved. That will eliminate a lot of drama and emotional involvement and will give you a lot of objectivity. So also this, this nodal axis, this Leo-Aquarius axis is 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 also a journey from subjectivity to objectivity mm. um so for everybody that has the that were born under this with this nodal axis yes this signifies the soul's journey and something we need to learn within this lifetime is to actually being a little more cool more chill more distant and to really be able to step out from like full-on emotional involvement of our daily life and to really you know tell yourself that it is not so dramatic maybe and like really to learn to to have a distance to whatever is happening into our own life and to look at yourself 
your life, your behavior, your emotional reactions from a distance. And to like maybe watch yourself a little bit like a like a theater and to like and say like oh like that wasn't played out so great maybe this could be played out in this way and that would be better for the whole thing maybe that was overreacted that wasn't actually you know so much over that was actually a little bit overplayed so the aquarius give this this distance this this perspective um emotional detachment and more like including observation and intellect than than like being so much involved with all your heart and into like every aspect of every situation you know mm, that's great so thank you that's uh yeah some really brilliant perspectives and uh is it is it's quite interesting because it it kind of like feels like un, unnatural to move more to the mind and less from the heart because it's just yeah. like um i see part of life is this uh kind of continual journey you know they, they say that the, the the longest journey you'll ever make is from the head to the heart uh-huh. it, it, it's it's quite kind of um contradictory in a way to to what i uh, feel that i i and, and many others um should well should in an inverted commas be be moving towards because you know we want to strive to be connected with the heart and living by the heart as much as possible but this is saying that actually it's like less heart more mind, or more mind or actually i just realized i'm maybe not thinking about it correctly it's about integrating the two exactly so every opposition in astrology except uh including the nodal axis is asking for the balance mm. if you have the opposition in your chart so like the two planets are opposing each other are like across the circle that is basically that's that's a aspect that is is asking about a balance between these two polarities asking about a balance between these two opposite qualities and and it's the same like and there is a kind of narrative in the astrology world that oh like south node is your past and uh it's where you're stuck and north note is good because it's progressive so like don't get stuck in your past and your south note go towards your north note uh toward the uh, towards the progress and the evolution well it is it is like i mean you don't really want to cut off everything that you have learned and that everything that you have mastered and everything that you're very good in um you you want to have an access to both you want to have access to your expertise and experience but at the same time you you want to use it in, you know uh in your evolution and growth so every opposition is about balance it's not about and the people with opposition in their chart they they are the opposition describes very often a situation in our life when we we tend to swing from one extreme to another uh having opposition in your chart is sometimes like being inside a house when somebody's ringing to a front and back door at the same time yeah and what you can do you can open the door to one person and neglect other person or open and talk to another to a different to a, a second uh person and 
really don't pay attention to the first one. You can try to run around between two people, but you can't really be in the same time in two places. So um, the opposition is asking us to find a sweet spot to be able to really... And somebody says like that when you are able to hold the tension of the opposition in your chart, that's when you, you know create a container for the miracles to happen. And with every opposition, we tend to swing to one extreme or the other. And we are on one of the uh, polarity and we are there. And then we feel like, oh, it's too much. I can't do it anymore. And then we just go to the opposite side. When the whole thing is all about balance and finding the sweet spot. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Thank you. Thank you. I I kind of... um yeah i'm kind of like working with uh with, with this theme at the moment of like you know taking and harnessing the leadership qualities of the leo taking that into the community and then using those um those skills to then help others shine and so th this is like kind of how i'm seeing um a, a way of working with it um potentially um yeah so i i, I just i, I just want to um yeah, I just want, just want to ask, um, uh, just like switch, switch switch gears a little bit in terms of, um, uh, I know Aquarius sometimes gets confused with a water sign and kind of makes sense because aqua, you think of water and, you know, it's, it's got the connotation of the water bearer as well. So is there any crossover with, with Aquarius being like part water? And and if so, what 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 is this in its, in its expression? Yeah, it is confusing, isn't it? Uh, and uh, yes, because as you said, like the the name and the symbol, the glyph of Aquarius contains the water, but actually it's an air element sign. And um, the symbol of the Aquarius is a water bearer, right? Somebody that pours the water. Uh, but... In real, I mean, the symbol is, is these are the water of the new consciousness. That is basically being poured over people. And um, so Aquarian waters are, are, are the waters of the new consciousness. The water in astrology, the element of water is associated with feelings and emotions. Right? We have like for every uh, zodiac sign belongs to each element uh, i mean um, there are four zodiac signs that belongs to each element to element of earth water air and uh, fire and uh, these elements are bringing different qualities so aquarius is definitely air element sign hence the intellect thinking and the communication uh, but uh, the the connection with water is just is is that it's a new consciousness that has been that's being poured out onto people's mind. Mm. That's that's quite interesting. That Aquarius is the the, the bearer of the water, which signifies the emotions. Uh, yet another paradox because of the kind of the potential for emotional detachment and distancing. But yet bearing the the emotions you know it's, it's, it's like it's really interesting dynamic it is interesting and um aquarius constellations is um in the sky it's 
associated with a myth of Ganymede. And there's also an interesting theme there because the Ganymede was a son of a Tross, which was, who was a king of Troy. And he was a very beautiful young man. And uh, um, Zeus, the main god of the, the pantheon of gods, has uh, kidnapped him and brought him to Olymp and made him um, basically a bearer. So he was the one that was pouring a nectar of life to a god's cups. Um, but his father's uh, trust was devastated uh, after losing his son. So as form of compensation, uh, Zeus uh, gave him the horses and chariot. And it was a very special chariot that was able to go over the water. And that's an interesting metaphor if you think about it, because if water symbolizes the emotions, and this chariot basically was uh, was allowing you to kind of go over it, not to drown, not to dive in, not to sunk in, just to go over the water. Uh, so he was basically he was given a gift of something that allowed him to not go into the water, not go deep into his feelings and the emotions, just to bypass it in a way, go over it. And, um, you know, that's interesting connection because Aquarius is known from the emotional detachment. And that's a interesting perspective or interesting gift, you know, to somebody who is in a grief after the loss of his son. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can see that. I love the mythology. There's just just so much in there. So much in there. Yeah, I, I would, um, I would really love to ask um, quite a big question, and it's going to take a little bit to set up. Um, so it's, it's a question about uh, fixed signs, and uh, uh, one specific planetary transit that's coming up with Pluto, and um, very specifically Scorpio. Uh, and uh, uh, Scorpio and Aquarius's relationship. So, okay, so um, I'd love to understand a little bit more about um, uh, the dynamic of the square between Scorpio and Aquarius, because this has been coming up like a lot recently. Because uh, the way I can see it is like the the deep intimacy of Scorpio um, vying in a way with the cool, detached nature of Aquarius, and this, the square being another growth edge aspect, challenging yet constructive. So um, I've just uh, so Saturn's just gone through Aquarius. So I've had um, Saturn basically go through all of my Scorpio planets. It's been a challenging couple of years. Like my God, um, it's about to move into Pisces, which is in theory going to be benef uh, quite beneficial. But everything's beneficial. But you know, it's going to be maybe an easier ride. Um, but there's Pluto is coming into Aquarius this year, I believe, and it's going to stay there for the next twenty years. So Pluto is basically going to be aspecting um, Scorpio and Taurus in a square, Leo in an opposition. So this is all the fixed signs of the Zodiac. So 
Um, I would love for to to ask, like, okay, so the the relationship between the square between Scorpio and Aquarius, and then further on in the context of what what may be coming with Pluto for the next twenty years, does does that all does that all make yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it makes it, it. It definitely makes sense. I mean, th that order. So, so yes. So you you've used a term fixed signs, and for those of you who are not really familiar with the astrology, each uh, we have three qualities of signs: the cardinal signs, mutable signs, and a square sign. And um, the again, I'm sorry, the cardinal signs, fixed signs, and the mutable signs, and all 12 zodiac signs are organized like this. There's a cardinal signs, then fixed sign, then mutable sign. And again, cardinal, fixed, mutable, cardinal, fixed, mutable. So the cardinal sign is, as the name indicates, is basically pointing a direction. It's setting up a direction of the energy flow. That's a cardinal sign. It says, like, we're going that way. That's a power of the cardinal signs. Aries, Cancer, uh, Libra, and Capricorn. Once the direction is pointed by a cardinal signs, it has to be, the energy needs to be established. That's why after each cardinal sign comes fixed sign, which is all about establishing the energy. The fixed sign are Taurus, um, Leo, um, uh, Aquarius um, and Scorpio, as you as you mentioned. So uh, the fixed signs are not about changes. Their nature is to ground and stabilize things. Then after the fixed sign, there is a mutable sign, which is all about the changes, and it prepares to another like change of a season. But so the fixed. So, so that's the nature of all fixed signs, to really do not change things, to stabilize things. So the challenge of all the fixed signs is a change. The all the fixed signs are tends to be a little bit stubborn, and uh, you know really difficult to get them out of their their truck. Uh, once you able to redirect a fixed sign then they are fixed on the new direction and then it's again difficult to to turn them back um so uh and that's as you said all the fixed signs are connected with aspects that is called square or the oppositions and these are challenging aspects they brings tension and um, but it's a good creative attention attention because if you think about the relationship of the two people that are very stubborn and they are not into changing anything that's a recipe for attention isn't it mm -hmm. so that's a relationship of aquarius and and scorpio that's a relationship of every fixed sign with each other in a way and yes scorpio is so much about meeting other person on a deep emotional level because it's a, water element sign and intimacy and like really involvement right and um and aquarius is is much more distant and this is the aquarius is like the scorpio is very personal sign it's all about 
my personal feelings, my personal process, and your personal process, and what can we do together, and how like how we can influence each other. Um, Aquarius is a pretty much impersonal sign. It's not so much about personal stuff. It's more about a, a communal global perspective, right? So that is that is attention. Uh, how to you know bring balance between your own personal uh, emotional involvement and kind of being in a way like in a very close intimate relationship and and to really open it up and to not be so much personally involved and to like really think more uh, globally and less personally so uh i think i i i think that is like the main the main tension between aquarius and scorpio you know and you've mentioned uh, the the transition of uh, planet pluto um into sign of aquarius the Pluto is the furthest planet in our solar system, the furthest from the sun. That means it's the slowest one. That's why Pluto spends in one zodiac sign up to basically 30 years. Uh, it, it's just, it, it, differ across, it differs across the time. But right now, yes, Pluto will spend another 20 years in the sign of uh, Aquarius. And... Um, the Pluto is a planet that brings transformation through death and rebirths. The Pluto transits are evolutionary transits. And the Pluto is always pointing out things we need to let go in order to move forward, in order to grow, in order to evolve. And the Pluto will, the Pluto transit has nature that like the Pluto will basically take it away from you in a way. The Pluto is telling you like, this does not belong to your path anymore. In order to move forward, you need to drop this, you know. And so holding on to your old ways is challenging in the Pluto transit. And yes, Pluto in a fixed sign, which is not about really dropping things and changing, you know, uh, it, it's going to be challenging. But in this case we need to look at it a little bit differently if we want to use the astrology to really try to understand what's, what the next 20 years are going to be about we need to connect uh what the aquarius is about and what the pluto is about because when the planet is in the sign the planet is bringing certain qualities or it's like executive energy it's going to express itself the zodiac sign that the planet is in describes environment of this expression. So for the next 20 years, Pluto is going to be expressing itself in an Aquarian way, or is going to bring a transformation and changes in the all aspects of our lives described by Aquarius, which is big groups of people, communities, and the vision of the world as a one big family so without borders you know and so my personal take on that is and it is already happening i mean and i was saying it i mean i'm not really into predictions but i was i was saying it 
few years ago already that I was my guess was that the Pluto in Aquarius uh, is going to be very much about artificial intelligence because Aquarius is connected with the technology with the high tech because that's a vision of the future which the Aquarius is connected with so the technology and at the same time humanitarianism the Pluto always bring crisis so the time of the Pluto in Aquarius is going to be time of a, a crisis of humanity of the a, a humanitarianism and the Pluto will force us to redefine what does it mean to be a human and the technology will take part in this process so the artificial intelligence seems to be a perfect catalyst for this change because um and we and like the pluto i mean the pluto is just about to enter the aquarius and we already see how artificial intelligence has already stirred up everything without with the simple apps that basically are, are generating a picture or, or the content there's already a huge a discussion and there's already big groups of people that are very dissatisfied and like you know it's already triggers a lot of a, a conversation about the role of art and a, a lot of and the role of um, intellectual property and uh, and all this stuff so the Pluto in Aquarius is already like giving us the taste what is gonna be and for now it's just a simple apps these are just the simple apps that generates pictures but there is already a a conversation about stealing the uniqueness that only person is capable of and and so on so 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 this already is showing us something in in this in this um in this area so i think that the technology will take part in people redefining themselves that's the one thing the other thing the other thing i uh, it's going to be, in my opinion, <clears throat> um, now, migrations due to climate change. Because as we already said, Aquarian vision is, is a world without borders. It's a world of inclusion. And we are all, we are all different, but we are all the members of the global community so uh it might bring a dissolution of borders of a political borders and the cultural borders and i think the the uh, um, the climate changes um and the migration during the climate changes are going to be another like a catalyst of that because soon and i mean it's already really happening but uh not on a, such a large scale but for example my a brother he's a, a specialist in in um a university of warsaw uh in the institute of migration and i asked him like hey like when are we going to reach 
a, a peak of uh, the migrations, of like the crisis of uh, the migrations. And he said, like, we estimate that the peak is going to be in 12 years. So that's basically the middle of the, the, the Pluto in uh, the Aquarius. So basically all the people that are living in the south, somewhere close to the equator, um, is, is gonna, it's becoming so hot there that they have to move away, that they have to run north or south away from the equator. And they are coming to Europe and the US and they're not longer coming to earn more money and to have a better life. They're just basically coming because where they used to live is a desert now. So that's, 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 uh, and it, it raises all moral questions. Can you actually, uh, you know, not let these people in? Uh, do you have a moral right to, uh, to close your country as people are dying? And, and there's already more and more consciousness that is being brought up to the inequality among people in the world. And soon, I think, due to the climate changes, we're going to be in a situation when all, like, the rest of the world is going to knock to the doors of the so-called first world. Uh, first world. And uh, I don't know if, if we are going to be able to, you know, to resist. And I think we will have to let them in. And I guess we will have to open up and share. And... Um, share our place share our resources and we will have to probably to some degree resign from our comfort and um, that's going to be another thing like another way of realizing that pluto in aquarius the dissolving the borders really mixing everything up and creating a situation when when uh, yeah, when the borders are going to start to dissolve, and we're going to move more towards uh, you know one big family, but this is not going to be easy process. Wow, that's like oh my god! I um, I don't know what to say. That was such a complete and well-rounded uh, answer, and I'm I'm just amazed how um like. Uh, you know how these archetypal energies they all like they, they they check out like so much like you know i was hearing the other day about america going through their pluto return recently and that's why there's been so much upheaval and yeah. you, you know that that's just one example but like you, you can see um uh, and correlate so many historical events personally within the individual but also collectively of how the 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 the, the gears of, of of time the cosmic gears of time through the planetary bodies are turning that wheel and and just influencing and uh and i i just i just love it how it is um it's an it's an energy it's not definite and that energy is kind of being um projected on on mass and uh affects everything in this kind of like non-linear way it's it's just it's just incredible. It's fascinating. Like uh, it's fascinating. Uh, there is an amazing book by Richard Tarnas, which is called a, a, a Cosmos and Psyche, and it's a pretty thick book. And it's nothing else but basically analysis of the historical events 
in the planetary retransit. And just to give you the example, he, for example, he focused on the relation of, of the transits of the planets Pluto and the Uranus. The Pluto, as we already said, brings a transformation and changes. The Uranus brings a, a revolution. And he gives an example when these planets were in opposition to each other. So the opposition is an aspect that is basically much more dynamic and it brings attention. And there was a time of a French revolution, which was pretty bloody revolution. And then 200 years after, these planets were a conjunct to each other. So the same planets, but a different relationship. The conjunction is when we, when energy of, of the planets are merging together and they are working together to bring a change. And there was a revolution in the 60s. So it was all about love mm. and all about the unity and the brothers of sisters. So the same two planets did two revolutions, but so different. Huh? That's, the, that's so interesting you say that because I, I was literally just thinking like, well, I, I wonder what was happening around the, uh, I watched um, uh, Ali, the film about, about Muhammad Ali on the weekend. Uh -huh. It talks a lot about uh, Malcolm X and Martin, Martin Luther King. So I was, I was literally just thinking like, right, what, what would have been happening around the 60s for this like huge revolution in terms of black rights and, you know, prominent figures such as Martin Luther King and, um, and Malcolm X coming forward to make the incredible changes that they made. So I, I was thinking like something special must have been happening around the revolutionary aspects, but also within them as individuals, I imagine they would be potentially have some strong um, Uranic aspects as well as uh, Aquarian aspects because of the very nature of that which they um, were pioneering and, and, and the messages yeah. that were forward. Yeah, I mean, I love, I, uh, I run study groups and whenever we are in a Capricorn season, I am showing the chart of Martin Luther King because he was a Capricorn and he's a great example of capricorn with a moon in pisces and the moon in pisces is so much about dreams and the imagination wow. and his main statement was i had a dream so he he was a capricorn so he was a builder of a new order capricorn that was dreamed moon in pisces wow wow i got i got i got, I got tingles all, all, all on my arm that's 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 incredible and you know when, when you give um a demonstration like that you can just see how these uh energies piece together to be so formulative of of who and what we are and go, going yeah. back to you know us as individuals aquarian values the individuals within the community and uh, us having all of these super amazing unique blends that forms the tapestry the tapestry of who we are and therefore the tapestry of the human race it's just yeah it's incredible it, it's fascinating it's fascinating, yeah. Mm. Can I say? It's great. Oh, awesome. M M Mateus, we're, um, we're coming up to time, so I'll, I'll move into sure. that. My God, this has been a, an incredible, incredible expose of um, Aquarius. And what a, oh, thank you so much. And like, thank for, you. Yeah, it's been such a great way to kick off this uh, little project. So, um, yeah, thank you, brother. Um, uh, I've got uh, I've got a question I ask um, all of my listeners, and uh, yeah, it's one of my favourite questions to ask. So, Phoenix Vision 
is dedicated to creating a transformative vision of health for its listeners. So my question is, what does transformation mean to you? And what would you like to transform in the future? All right. Well, the transformation, and we use this term a lot of in astrology, especially when talking about sign of Scorpio and the planet Pluto. Um, you know, the transformation is a traditionally say alchemical principle of changing a lead into gold. But that is just a symbolic language because in reality for me the, the transformation is the art of changing something of no value into something of a big value. And when I when somebody is coming with a Pluto transit or with some kind of a Scorpio or a Pluto issue and we talk about the transformation, this is like uh, I always give a um, I mean, this is how I use the transformation is, is basically a question how to change something of no value into something valuable. It's like a pile of compost. It's basically a stinking pile that you really, uh, you know, you walk around it. You don't even want to get close to that because it's just, and everybody and each one of us has some kind of a pile of compost inside us somewhere. But basically the pile of compost is also something very fertile. Mm. So the question is not to go around it. But the question is, is how to replow your compost into your ground. The question is, uh, and, and this transformation, and I, I, I basically, I always give an example of one of my clients. She was a girl, and um, uh, which basically went through a very traumatic experience in life as a young girl and it dominated her life you know and then she couldn't really get out of it for for life for 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 years and then when the pluto came through transit she decided to do something about it and she was invited to her friend's podcast and she decided to come out and tell her about her uh, experiences and when she was telling it her story it was so much painful and difficult but then she started to receiving emails about the people who heard this and it helped them so much because they went through the same thing so she was invited to another podcast and then in the way on her way she became to she became an expert yeah so she wrote a book about how to work with this particular trauma and she became an expert in working this particular trauma in the end she helped thousands of people and she earned a lot of money so something that was her worst trauma something that she wanted to get rid of from her life something she didn't want to go through became her power so that's like the transformation of how to basically change something that disempowers us into something that gives us a power you know so that's how i understand the transformation and whenever something bad is happening to somebody or to us we just like we just have to make sure that in the end something good comes out of it and as long as this is happening 
Uh, I think I think that's 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 the transformation. That's the art of the transformation. It's not easy, but like in the Mayan language, there's no such a word as a mistake, mm. and this gives that, that gave them a completely different consciousness. There, so there are no mistakes. There are just lessons. So if you take that approach, it even if you lose, you win. Because every failure, so-called failure, moves you closer to basically a better version of yourself if you take this approach. And and I think that's that's a transformation. That's a art of changing everything that is difficult, everything that is challenging, everything that all our traumas or our difficult experiences, all part of ourselves that we're struggling with, how to turn them into our power, how to turn them into something the best of ourselves. That's art of the transformation. That's how I um, understand uh, the the transformation because there's a huge potentiality there. Carl Gustav Jung said that in every that like where the shadow is, that's where the hidden gifts are. And if we, if we have the courage to really explore the shadow, to dive deep into this, this is like when we go deep down there when we do the shadow work we embrace embrace all the part of ourselves that we rejected and we became more whole more integrated hence more powerful you know and that's that's that is so much about about the scorpio and the pluto principles these are all the scorpio and the pluto principles so i basically i wish us all you know the mastery of 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 the art of the transformation whatever we are going through or whatever you are going through just to, you know thinking about thinking about the lemons that you have been given and just basically think what kind of a lemonade you can make out of that just make something out of that you know not only try to get rid of it mm, that's fantastic mate wow thank you so much this is very resonant it's very much the message of transforming pain into empowerment and moving forward to then help others transform through yeah and the phoenix is is basically a symbol of that right yeah uh, matthias i i could i could talk with you for hours but we'll draw things to a close this has been an incredible interview thank you so much for your time brother um thank um, you so much Oh, absolute pleasure absolute pleasure um uh, i was wondering uh how can people find out more about you your courses or, or whether I, I don't know if you're available for readings at the moment what's um yes definitely i always uh take bookings for readings the, i i have um facebook group the cosmos within us astrology for your transformation and also i have my instagram account um um Astro, uh, uh, the cosmos within us. Um, so you can find me uh, through through Instagram and Facebook. That's that's the that's the mo- mo- most easy way. Um, I guess my website is right now is being transformed because we are opening the whole store there with the courses and lectures. So the website is not working currently, but it's going to be up soon and running. And this is uh, thecosmoswithinus.com. But for now, the best way is just to reach me out through Facebook or the Instagram. Um, 
that you can or we can send a link uh, or I'll put a link somewhere below the description of this uh, the conversation so people can find me excellent excellent Hi highly recommend uh, Mateus's um instagram channel or well, all, all of the channels but uh whenever your posts come up i'm like right yeah i, I make a real point of uh, going into them and reading them because they're always so on point so in insightful and uh thank you so much i love the perspective that you share like it's very yeah very resonant and um you can feel the 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 deep well of of, of study and life's work that's that's uh that's behind it so Thank you for, for, for your work, brother. And uh, thank you so much for your time on, on a Saturday as well. And uh, One more thing. I'm sorry. I forgot. I'm going to be doing in live in-person astrology immersion uh, over the weekend in Brooklyn. It's going to be uh, 4th and 5th of March. No, 5th and 6th of March, the weekend. If you are from New York, come to Brooklyn. And it's going to be happening in Golden Drum. So... Uh, that is going to be my first in-person course since two years, I guess. Awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll pop that in the show notes. That's the 4th, 4th and 5th of March. Yes, or 5th and 6th. I don't actually remember which one is the weekend, but that's going to be first weekend of March. That's going to be uh, 4th and 5th of March. Okay. Oh, phenomenal. Oh, that's great. And uh, yeah, <laughs> if I was in the States, I would be there. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Mateus, like, thank you so much for your time, brother. Like, I really deeply appreciate it and uh, deeply appreciate you, my friend. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired, mate. This, this like, oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me and thank you also for your work and uh all your uh transformational work that you're doing and just also really opening up the space for all of us for all the people that you are inviting you know to talk about the, these things as long as this this is a great service to a community and uh you know as long as somebody benefits from that i'm super happy to participate oh 100 percent. oh thank yeah please real pleasure thank you thank you so much brother so We'll leave it there. And uh, yeah, I'll end with just sending you love. Thank you. Thank you so much. And sending you love. And to all of you, thank you so much for listening and being open and uh, everything that you do thank with yourself and with the world. Thank you. Amazing. Peace. Peace. Have a Pash. Pash.